Welcome to Legally Speaking, a podcast from the Utah Attorney General's Office. Here, we will be discussing matters of policy and justice, cases that our office is taking on, hot topics in Utah and in the world. But of course, it will all be done legally speaking. Hello and welcome to Legally Speaking. I'm Richard Pyatt with the Utah Attorney General's Office. This is our official podcast. And joining us today is Jason DeForest, who's the Assistant Attorney General for the Utah Public Lands Policy Coordinating Office, um, but otherwise known as PLITCO. We're here talking about uh, management of gray wolves in this state and the lawsuit that we're involved in. Jason, could you kind of give us a little bit of a thumbnail sketch about where we are with this lawsuit that we joined that actually originated in California? Sure, yeah, so uh, the history goes back, at least for this, for in terms of this lawsuit, the history goes back to the Trump administration when wolves were taken off of the endangered species list throughout the state of Utah. That decision from the Fish and Wildlife Service was ultimately challenged by conservation groups in the Northern District of California. And we as a state asked to join in that litigation to support the Fish and Wildlife's decision to take them off of the endangered species list. And the court allowed us to join. Uh, That court ultimately found in favor of the conservation groups and the wolves were returned to the endangered species list. Then subsequently all defendants, including the Fish and Wildlife (coughs) Service and ourselves, we uh, appealed to the Ninth Circuit uh, uh, for that decision. Since then, uh, with the appeal pending in the Ninth Circuit, however, the Fish and Wildlife Service has determined that they want to take another look at the species, uh, a review of the species as a whole, and to look at uh, listing petitions that have come about since then. So that litigation, that uh, appeal at the Ninth Circuit has been put on hold. So for all intents and purposes, the the litigation is currently on hold while they review that. So a couple clarifying questions. So this is just pertaining to gray wolves? Or is it all wolves? Just gray wolves. There's a subspecies of the Mexican gray wolf that is not okay. in Utah. It resides in New Mexico and Arizona. There's an experimental population down there. Okay. So um, going back in time, why were these gray wolves put on the endangered species list to begin with? Were they, were they being killed off? Were people killing them? Yeah. I, it, the gray wolf has a, a lengthy history throughout the western United States, throughout the country as a whole. And they were essentially eradicated in the western states. And then in the early 90s, they were reintroduced into Yellowstone. And so that population of gray wolves uh, has, has grown over the years and has continued to thrive in Idaho, Montana, parts of Wyoming as well. And there's a portion uh, of those three, well, those three states entirely, but a portion of Utah that is actually not on the endangered species list. That's the Northern Rocky Mountains population segment that has been delisted. So those wolves are no longer on the endangered species list, but uh, the majority of the state of Utah falls within that portion that is listed as endangered. So if the numbers are relatively few in Utah when it comes to the wolves, then why do we join this lawsuit? What's our interest in it? Our interest is ensuring the management of the wolves. So we don't necessarily want to keep wolves out of the state. That's not the prerogative. The, the, The issue is that they are an apex predator, and there are on-the-ground effects that we want to manage for, uh, such as ungulate populations in the state of Utah, but also livestock uh, throughout the state as well. And we want to ensure that the state, the DWR in particular, 
has the authority to manage if and when there are any effects on ungulate populations okay. or livestock producers. So what's the next step in the lawsuit? Where are we uh, with it? And do you work with other states? And are we all kind of working in tandem with each other? To, uh, or do we have our own separate thing going with uh, California? No, we, so next step in the lawsuit is we'll have to wait and see what the Fish and Wildlife Service decides as far as the delisting petitions are concerned and, and as far as the species status is concerned. So we don't know how that will play out. For now, that, that appeal is on hold for, for a year. So in 2024, the Ninth Circuit will revisit that lawsuit and consider whether or not the appeal should be reopened. In the meantime, of course, we as a state and, and the other interveners and the defendants as well have the opportunity to reopen that litigation if they so choose. Uh, but I think it behooves us, in, at least with respect to the litigation, to wait and see what the Fish and Wildlife sure. Service decides to do with those petitions. So uh, for now, all of that litigation will remain on hold. And we were the only state to intervene in that particular litigation. There are other issues throughout the country as well that we're not as directly involved in, but um, we are the only state intervener, intervener in that Ninth Circuit appeal. Is this lawsuit also sort of symbolic of the relationship that the various states have together? Because we share the uh, we share the surface area. You know, I mean, we all appreciate the land but there are definite boundaries in between them, and the wolves don't really care about that. So how we manage their travel and, and their you know, breeding process kind of interfaces with our relationship with these other states in general, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so is, this, is this something that uh, generates a lot of political um, action or interest? as well? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, in, in terms of wildlife, I think wolves generate the most political interest throughout the West, but throughout the country as a whole. And each of the various states within the Western United States are all involved in this to some degree or another. Colorado, for instance, is, is working on plans to reintroduce wolves uh, on the Western slope of, of the Rockies, so very near Utah's eastern border. So, you know, we're working with them to try to figure out how best we could manage for the effects that may come when and if those wolves are introduced. That, uh, you know, there's a lot that remains to be seen for that. But certainly we work with them as partners. Um, but in terms of wolves within the state, right, it, we, we um, maintain the authority over, say, our ungulate population and the management of those, as does Colorado, right? So that's where the interests uh, are a bit different, where we'll look at uh, wolves dispersing into the state. And of course, we will have the sovereign uh, authority over the ungulate population. And so we would want to manage wolves dispersing within our own state, if that makes sense. Where Colorado may manage them differently, we may say we have a, a disconnected elk population here that we want to be careful about allowing wolves into that population. And so, you know, while it's the same generally, and of course we work with them in many ways as, as a neighboring state, specifically there are, there are many differences okay. on the ground. As part of the concern of environmentalists, when you say we're gonna manage the wolves, how exactly are we managing them? Are we basically sending uh, wildlife specialists out to to hunt them down, or, or, or what, what is it? Does it no. Are there other techniques to, to manage their population? No. 
Uh, and it's a good question because the way the, the law is structured now, you have what's known as the Wolf Management Act in the state of Utah. And the Management Act uh, dictates that if there's a wolf in an area of the state that's not listed on the Endangered Species Act, then the Division of Wildlife Services would work to ensure that it doesn't establish, that it doesn't establish a pack. If there's a wolf in another area of the state that's actually on the endangered species list, then, then the state will reach out to the Fish and Wildlife Service and ask for some of the same considerations. And the reasoning for that is, is just as we've been talking about, without management, the state, can't, uh, the, the state can't control what effect these things have on livestock or, or um, ungulate populations throughout the state. Right. When and if those, the wolves were taken off of the endangered species list, Utah has in place what's known as a wolf management plan. And this was what we presented to the Northern District of California, where we said, here is how we will conserve for wolves to the extent they disperse and establish within the state. This is our plan. And it allows for the establishment of two packs over the course of two years, at which point it would be reconsidered. And then it has, you know, uh, all of uh, the, the considerations you might expect for livestock, for uh, tribal interests, in fact, for other wildlife or, or um, species that may be affected by that uh, distribution of wolves. So uh, it's, a, it's kind of a complex topic, but, but certainly it's not, the, the DWR would not be managing them by taking them out. That's, that's uh, I think, a common misconception. Okay. So when do you expect this might be in court again? It just depends on when that... I think it, uh, we're, we're, for now, we're kind of waiting, waiting for the Fish and Wildlife Service to do what they do on their... They didn't give you any kind of, do they, they don't give anybody any kind of timeline? Well, you know, they try. I mean, they, they give a 12-month timeline where, where we expect to have some sort of movement within the 12 months. That's what they represented to the court was that, you know, we'll, continue, we'll give status updates. So we're expecting them to give 90-day status updates to the okay. Ninth Circuit about where they are. Okay. But in the meantime, the state, the, you know, the wolves are still multiplying. They're still moving around. Various states are reacting to that activity. Is that true? Sure, yeah. There, uh, Colorado has wolves that have started to establish in the northern part of the state on their own. And of course, we're, we share a border with Wyoming where there's a significant population of wolves and Idaho has a significant population as well. So they, as wolves do, they're continuing to reproduce and, dis and disperse throughout the western states. And we get them occasionally here in, the, in Utah. As I said, we haven't had any established yet no packs have established and none that we are aware of that have stayed here mm -hmm. uh, but but they do disperse here in, in their sightings regularly yeah okay so. all right jason thanks interesting topic you don't think about wolves being among us but they certainly are and we'll be uh following this and following what happens both on the wildlife side and in the in the courtroom so for now thanks for joining legally speaking i'm richard pyatt see you next time <laughs>